Hey, what's going on everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Now, before we start the episode, I just want to let everybody know that we did face some technical difficulties during the recording process of this episode, so the sound may not be at the level that we want it to be, but we still want to go ahead and release this episode because we talked about a lot of interesting things. So thank you for again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Peace. If I have to see Aaron Baines in the Toronto Raptors uniform again, I, I'm lost for words. I might just throw myself off from the CN Tower. Don't worry, Baines fan club. We will have a civil conversation. We want to speak to you. I want to know the genius behind this. It's my pleasure to induct the freak burner into the Hall of Shame. Okay, so you just want to tank and this guy's helping you in too much? You don't want to play him. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hall of Takes Podcast. Today, we have OG the Clam God back again for episode two and Pascal MV, aka Josh, from Twitter. He was actually supposed to be with us for the first episode, but, you know, life happens, things came up, and he was not able to join us. But guess what? He's back. So we're going to go ahead and start this episode. I'm actually really, really excited to see how this one goes. There's a lot of interesting stuff that we want to talk about. So yeah, like the three of us, we're pretty active on Twitter. By pretty active, we're on that every single day, following what the community thinks about the Raptors. And we, we see a lot of civil war going on, especially at this time of the season. There's a lot of disagreements. There's a lot of things um, the fans aren't uh, on the same page about. So I'm just going to start this pot up with what do you guys really think the meaning behind tanking is for this season? Like, I know people don't want to tank because they want to be in the playoffs to protect the culture, et cetera, et cetera. But some of us really want to tank and get that pick. So what does tanking really mean? Um, well, for me, I mean, I mean, when people say tanking, I mean, you usually think of, you know, OKC, Minnesota, teams that are just, you know, they're not going to do anything for a while. They haven't been doing anything. You know, for us, it's just a retool. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people are like, man, I don't want to tank because, you know, we, we still, we're still good. We can still compete. Yeah, maybe next season if we, you know, we're able to come out with a top five pick or something, that'd be great for us. You know, that'd be huge. So, I mean, and plus the play-in. Getting to the play-in, man, there's zero point. Like, we're going to end up just running guys into the ground. We don't have the personnel to do it. So, I mean, tanking or retooling was a better word, I, I guess is definitely the better option for us this season. Honestly, I, I agree. Like, I think when people hear the word tank, they, like, the first thing that comes to mind is like Philly in the process and right. Minnesota and other teams like that, Sacramento. Teams that have just for like, a long time just were so shit. <laughs> like, just so <laughs> bad. Whether or not it was intentional or not, they're just garbage. So I feel like because we've seen what other teams, like what their, I guess, version of tanking is and like what's come of it. There's a lot of negative connotation to it. And to an extent, I get it. Um, but like, the thing is with this team, like it's not, like I said this on Twitter, we are the best shit team ever. We are, we are, we're, we're not a doubt. We are an elite shit team. Like we're, we're like what? 13, 14 games under 500. Yet we still have a positive net rating. Like that's the thing. We have the pieces. We have good players. We have an elite coach. We have an elite system, an elite organization, and, and front office. It's just this team right now, we're missing a few pieces. And like, that's what it is. It's a few pieces. But like, it's not like end of the world where like, like we're at a crossroad and like, we're really fucked. Like, we got to like sell everybody. And like, like, at the end of the day, man, like our core right now, for the most part, is like all under 27. Okay, Lowry's older, obviously, but like Pascal's 27, Fred's 27. OG's 23, Gary Trent's 22, Malachi's 22, 
So it's like, bro, like we're, we're pretty young. And even now, like, I mean, assuming that it keeps up like with Yuda and Paul Watson with like the way they're playing. And if they stay like, <laughs> further, those guys are what, 25, 26. So mm-hmm. it's like, we, we have a well-aged young squad that understands what it takes to win and knows, I guess, like what it means to be a winning culture. So like to just kind of have one year where we kind of just basically shit the bed. And to an extent, it's not really in our full control either. You know what I mean? Like, like we're in a yeah. different, we're playing in a different country. We're, we're literally practicing. <clears throat> like, man, mans are practicing in a ballroom. Like, mans are practicing in a ballroom. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Like, like you're, there's chandeliers on the roof of where mans are having, like, NBA practices. Show me another team that's dealt with something like that. And then you have, mans are getting injured. Mans now have COVID. Half our team had COVID. Half our coaches had COVID. And it's, like, clearly... Bro, like, what, what's the point in trying to fight? You know what I mean? What, what's the point in trying to fight for a play-in? Like, our team is down in terms of injuries. Like, just, just bro, firm it. It's one year. And, like, next year, I'm not saying we're going to be contenders. But, I mean, you plug in, let's say we get a top five pick. You plug in one of those top five guys, like Green, Kaminga, Cade, any one of them. Even if you plug in a guy like Keon or Zaire Williams, bro, you plug in one of those guys off the bench or one of those top five guys and, like, Man, like we'll be a good team. We'll be a playoff team next year. I'm, I'm convinced we will be a playoff team next year. We're not going to be a contender, but it's like that's why I don't get why are men's freaking out about this. Like it's one year and we're not even home. Like men's are playing 72 away games and they're getting booed at at home. To me, and I said this the other day, like I I want to tank because I feel like at this point it's like, bro, like what what do we gain from going to a play in and getting swept in the first round? Other than like men's are just going to run themselves into the ground, like what Josh said. Like, this team is injured. Men's are injured. Men's are, are, they're hurt, and they're recovering from COVID. And now we're going to try and push to beat, like, who? Maybe even Miami? It's a pride thing. Yeah. It's a pride thing. Like, like, I mean, like, we talk about it all the time. The franchise, well, the fan base especially, we're so spoiled from all the winning. Like, anyone that's been a fan of this team before 2014, before we made that Rudy Gay trade, like, Bro, there was really nothing to get, be proud about. I remember when we got Rudy, Rudy Gay, we're like, oh, shit, Kyle, Damar, Rudy Gay, run the league. And then you saw how that turned out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you guys, you guys summed it up perfectly. I think when people think of tanking, everyone's just like, oh, we're going to stink on purpose. But what they're not realizing is... The and we're going to stink that, for a long time. Sorry, yeah. we're going to stink for a long time. Yeah, and like no right, one's realizing yeah. is that the offseason that we're going into is probably one of the biggest offseason ever. It's probably bigger than the Kawhi offseason because... We still got to figure out Masai's situation, right? Which we talked about last episode. But we have a bunch of young guys that are, we don't know what's going to happen to them, right? Like Gary Trent is auditioning for a contract. Utah's auditioning for a contract. Paul Watson obviously wants to be back, right? Bembry's going to, is Bembry on that one-year deal too? Uh, I think Bembry's a team option. So or it's, team it's, option. It's, a, it's a team option or it's guaranteed two years. So I, he's going to be back. next year. Exactly. And we need to figure out obviously what's going to happen with Kyle Lowry and resting him for the re- remainder of the season is only going to keep his stocks up because if he gets burnt out, then we're not exactly. going to go sign and trade him mm-hmm. and that might not be an option. Yeah. So, like, exactly. building the value of our roster is what's important right now. And obviously, like, you guys saw how nasty OG was when he was playing the shooting guard position, uh, the two position last game. This guy was torturing mm-hmm. it, right? It's like, yeah. we need to give those guys those times. Yo, if we have closed games, let Pascal take more shots. Like, if he misses, fuck it, we lose. But give them the reps. Like, I'm sure yeah. you guys feel the same way. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, a thousand percent, man. I mean, we were given a perfect opportunity to just, you know, take take a year off, basically. 
Like, what do we have to gain from making a push this year? Yeah, like, let like, the guys rest. My guy Pascal is three-pointer ain't filing because, like Eli said, when he shoots the uh, shoots a three-while in, tra- in uh, practice, he hits the chandelier. See, I mean, like, the ceiling looks low as hell. Like, That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, like you're, you're dead-ass expecting professionals who went from the OVO center, which is one of the most state-of-the-art facilities in the league, so now I have to practice where basically someone's about to get married here in three hours and like we gotta make sure we, we're we gotta make sure we're out of here by five because there's a marriage coming and they're gonna have their like reception here. Like how do you expect men to really get acquainted and really kind of settle down and feel comfortable in a place where like not only is it completely unfamiliar and different, but it's 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 hostile. You're getting booed at your home games. Like Pascal goes to the line, he's getting booed. The other guy on the other team, yeah, if, it's, it's if it's Tatum or if it's whoever, they're getting MVP chance. And it's like, how, how, how do you expect a team to really feel comfortable and actually enjoy playing when that's the reality? If there's one thing we could take away from that, though, is like getting used to playing road games a whole season. Like, just imagine the mental toughness. Like, when these guys that, regroup, yeah. I feel bad for anybody that has to pay them. Because, like, yo, if we're... I'm saying if, because I don't even know if we're going to be back in Toronto next season. When we play in front of our home fans again, y'all motherfuckers better bring your best. Good fucking luck, because this yeah. team, like, they're That's, tested, yeah. bro. Dude, they're going to blow the roof off that place the first time. 100%. Oh, yeah. that, 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 that's, like, ACC selling out. It's selling out. That place is gonna It's be... still ACC to me, bro. I'm not calling it's it Scotiabank. It's still ACC, Bank. It's still ACC not, to me. Fuck that. It's not the Scotiabank. Yeah, fuck So who do you guys want back? Now. Who do you want back next season? Like, I, I know, who? I'm pretty sure Baines is not coming back. I'm no, sure. not, I'll chance. Bet my house not a it. chance in hell. <laughs> if, that, if, that guy, back. If, if I have to see Aaron Baines in the Toronto Raptors uniform again, I might just throw myself off of the CN Tower. I think we've seen the last of Baines, honestly, because you know we got Gillespie now and Birch, and he's not playing over either of them. So no, like, do you know how shit you have to be to get benched by a ten-day contract? Like, do you know? <laughs> do you know how shit? Do you understand how shit a player has to be? You came in as like the guy who's going to be the starter, and you played so bad, you got benched for a ten day, like not even a backup or a third stringer, undrafted a, ten a, day, an undrafted ten day, and that's not me dissing Freddie Gillespie. Like all the respect to him, I mean, like you saw my tweets, I wanted him on the team prior to us picking him up, but like that, it's it's more of a statement of how bad Aaron Baines is. The one thing I will say about Aaron Baines, in his defense, this is the one time I'll defend him. And this is more so because it's in hindsight. We expected too much of him. We did. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's, he, he, he's not a starting caliber center. So we expected too much. But at the same time, there's like a sort of like standard that like, okay, you can not be a starting center, but still be serviceable. He's not even serviceable anymore. Like no, we he, gave this guy $7 million and he hasn't, you know, he can't even catch a bounce pass. Yeah, I, I, like basically, this man got seven mil so that like half of the Toronto fan base could be annoyed on Twitter with Bane's fan club. Like that's basically what we did. Another pass I'll give him though is like all this COVID issues. He yeah. does have a newborn baby. We understand not everyone is Fred VanVleet's child. Where mm-hmm. a child is born and Fred lights up Milwaukee Bucks and Golden State Warriors. So yeah, I'm, there's some excuses to go around for Bane's, but obviously, like for someone that's supposed to be a starting center, getting you got to draw a line somewhere. You got to get a rebound. Yeah, like, bro, you're grabbing less boards than a guy that's, like, a foot shorter than you. <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not even, like, Lowry or Van Vliet are, like, yeah, they're a foot shorter than you, but they're freak athletes. It's like, dog, they're not even athletic. These guys aren't high flyers. They're not jumping. They're not dunking. on. It's not these men are spud web. 
or Nate Robinson <laughs> athleticism. It's like these guys aren't. These, I you ever seen Kyle Lowry dunk in a game? You ever oh, seen game? Once. Yeah, but also once. You ever and seen then when he did, he's like, I got hops. Yeah, you ever I seen Van Vliet dunk? You ever seen Van Vliet dunk in a game? Never. Like these uh, these guys are grabbing more boards than you. I understand rebounding is about positioning as well, but it, it, it's to an extent where like, bro, you're basically seven feet. You can't catch a ball. You can't finish a layup. You can't grab a rebound. You can't play defense. You can't protect the rim. I'm actually like we gave him seven million dollars to set screens. That's all we did. We which he's pretty good at though. Which yeah, he's pretty good at that but, though. But do you that's think the only pi- thing he can it do decently. Pisses, but it almost pisses me off that that's all he's good at because it's like he has he knows how to use his strength and size like outside of the paint when you're setting screens. But the moment he's in the paint, that guy becomes like the softest man in the league. I'm like, bro, you're getting bullied. I no, bro. When we faced Phoenix, I actually watched Chris Paul out rebound him. I'm like, bro, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick to my stomach. I just watched a 36 year old six foot point card out rebound a six foot eleven man, and he's not some skinny like you know built like Poku. Skinny, like, nah, this guy's big. He's I'm gonna like, let pop- you. Sa- I'm gonna let you save the B- Bane's. Uh, I'm, I'm saving the Bane's. Yeah. a little who? bit because I know you hate that yeah. guy. You, I um, hate that guy. Yeah. Josh, anything but, but, move but on? Who, yeah, yeah. Who, did you? Wasn't the question about who we want to keep? Like that, we. This is what I mean. Yeah, Bain's, I completely Bain's, lost track of what. Bro, this is what I mean. Baines just takes up so much hatred in my heart. But okay, I, I want to answer that question about who I want to see back. As of right now, like based off like who doesn't have a guaranteed contract next year, yeah. I I want to keep Yuta. I mean, he he got absolutely murdered by Anthony Edwards, and like that think that definitely had a big hit on his confidence. But like yo, these last seven eight games, like bro, he's he's playing nice, man. I, I looked up the numbers, like minus that that donut game he put up, like maybe four games ago, where he sco- he didn't score anything, but he played like fourteen minutes and had two shots. He's putting up like ten points, like five boards on like forty six, forty seven percent shooting. So it's like, bro, like for a bench guy, he's got size, he's versatile, and like I think he's like he can be more than just a catch and shoot three. I think that's pri- that's what he's gonna be primarily is just a catch and shoot you know, a 3-and-D guy. But we've seen it. Like, he has some offensive bag in him. You know, he can do a little. He can, he can put the ball on the, on the floor, take it to the rim. He, even in the game, he had that little fadeaway, you know, you know, bank shot off. And it's like, bro, he has those in his bag low-key. Like, letting him get some reps and not setting off the bench, he can be useful, man. And he plays – I mean, this guy was a defensive player of the year back in college for his division. I think it was like, yeah, Atlantic 10 or so it's like, bro, this guy, he's good, man. Like, he's a good player. He's promising. He's 26, and he's on a two-way. Like, I can see him getting, like, the Paul Watson contract. You know, like, the like, basically, like, a two-year, like, partially guaranteed deal. Like, you know, making, like, a 1.2 mil. It's like, I'll take that. Fuck, I'll take it. Why not? Yeah, what you think, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, man, I agree. Basically, Utah, Bembry, you know, those are guys we could have on the bench, like, decent pieces. But other than that, man, we're thin on the bench. Like, who else do we have? Stanley Watson Johnson, I'm... Yeah, Paul Watson. Yeah, definitely. So who are we cutting? I, I know. Okay, Stanley's gone. Yeah, yeah I think Stanley's gone. Stanley Baines Jones. is gone. Baines so that's two gone. roster spots already. And let's just say Kyle's gone. So that's three roster spots. Yeah. Who are we mm-hmm. replacing that with? So obviously we're going to need a center. I hope like that we keep ma- Gillespie. So we're yeah. going to need a proper starting center. And who are mm-hmm. we filling in with the rest? What do you guys think? Uh, man, that's tough. Like I, I think we should go after Rashawn Holmes. I mean, he's basically what we need some guy who can protect the rim you can you know put the ball in the hole from mid-range you know he can hit a layup on like baines uh but yeah we just need a center and then other than that man i'm not really too sure who else who else a lot of you think's out there 
in the free agent market. Yeah, like I, I like Rashawn Holmes a lot. Like I mean, like you said, you know, this is a guy who protects the rim well. I mean, I'm putting up, I think, something like 1.7, 1.8 blocks a game, 1.6, yeah. something in that range. You know, he's an elite rim protector. He is an undersized center, but, you know, he plays bigger than his size. And, like, at the end of the day, Freddie Gillespie is undersized, too, but it's the wingspan, bro. Like, you can be six foot nine, but, man, like, if you play big and you have the wingspan to cover the ground and, like, you know, get the, you know, be able to kind of disrupt shots, you don't have to block them all, you can just disrupt, uh, I can live with that, especially since the game is going smaller. So, you know, Rashawn would be a great pickup. He's efficient. In a good role, man. He plays above the rim, plays great defense, protects the rim. And like you said, like his, his range is expanding with his mid-range. And the three obviously isn't there, but I mean, he hits his free throws too. He's like, I think, 81% from the free throw line. So the mechanics are there. You know, right. like, and, the, and then like for him to shoot the three, like I'm not expecting this guy to take four or five. Like, bro, he took like two, 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 <laughs> shot, two threes a day, like, two threes a game hit like 33%. I can live with that. I can totally live with like that. Like a last option three, bro. Yeah, like, like, yeah, if, you're yeah, left, exactly. like, if, like if he's left wide open and they're not respecting it, like shoot that, bro. Like, because like you're going to have to shoot those. Don't be like Ben Simmons where like these mans are leaving you like 10 feet open and then like you're still not shooting it. Like, bro, even Draymond takes those. Like, I don't want him to be that guy if we get him. But, I mean, depending on how like things go with Ken Birch and, and Freddie Gillespie, I don't know. Like, are the Raptors going to want to like save money maybe like prioritize developing their big take him on a cheaper team like team friendly contract gillespie on a, like a two-year partially guaranteed deal and then try and prioritize maybe getting like a shot creator at the wing position filling out the bench in terms of scoring because like as much as i said you know speaking highly of Utah, speaking highly of uh Bembry and watson like they're not you know they're not really that guy like, like i shouldn't say that guy but they're not as reliable scoring wise off the bench, you know. Like, I mean, Yuta's having a great set of games, but Yuta was also putting up some stinkers for the longest time, offensively. Right. Same with Bembry. Bembry has his days, right? and like what I like about Bembry is that like he's a he's a great utility guy. That's why I want to keep him. This guy can play one to three and guard one to three, no problem. Like I can put him on a small forward, I can put him on a point guard, I can play him at the at one, I can play him at the three, no problem. So I, you want a guy like that, and like he's a dog. He's a dog. And he fits our culture, and that's why I, I like him. But like in terms of like a free agent for his scoring, and what, I also noticed we forgot to say I don't I don't think we're gonna keep Rodney Hood either. No, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think Rodney Hood's staying. And no. I, and I, don't I think even he wants the to thing stay. is, yeah. And the thing is, I want someone like Rodney Hood, but I don't want Rodney Hood. You know what I'm saying? He's it's just like, too inconsistent. You can't trust him. Yeah, and like I don't blame him necessarily. I mean, it's his first season coming back off an Achilles tear, but right. like, that's the thing, like. Do I want to bank on him come back next year and being solid? No, and like I don't even think he wants. So I think he wants to go to a contender like right off the bat. Like throw me on a team like I can just be a good bench scorer and like let's leave it at that. And like I don't think Raptors are going to gamble on like giving him a contract, especially if he wants to get something in the range of like ten mil, like what he's yeah, probably. Yeah, we're out on that. Yeah, and like I mean I don't think he'll get anywhere near it, but it's like I I don't I don't I'm, what I've seen so far. It's like I'm good. Like I'm good. Like not even disrespecting him, but like I'm good. You know like. So it's hard to say. Like, it also depends on who we draft too. Like, if we get, like, if we draft a guy like, I don't know, Zaire Williams. Like, I think Zaire Williams to me is who the guy I really want because, like, I feel like that's the most realistic. I, I don't know if we're gonna get top five pick. If we don't get a top five pick, let's say we fall outside of the top five. To me, it's either Keon Johnson or Zaire Williams. If we get one of those two, then I feel like that also changes like what happens with free agency. It, it all depends, like. I don't want to rely on like a rookie to be like a great scorer or be like one of our main scorers off the bench, but like you also want like 
Like, if we're going to get one of those two guys, like, that's what I'd like to see. It's like, you want one of those guys. Because we don't guy. develop like that, right? Like, we don't just take a rookie and just dump him in there unless you're no. Pascal Siakam or OG, right? Because, like, Pascal... Yeah, like, OG, starts, like, OG, OG was starting games. this... He, OG he started was. his rookie season. But, I mean, yeah. all he was there for was basically defense and cutting. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the culture thing, you know, I'm just going to bring that back up again because I see some people being like, oh, we're fucking up our culture by losing all the time. One thing they're forgetting is, you guys remember when we had Benchmob, right? Yeah. Why did bench mob work? And why did we win a lot of games? Because all those guys have something to prove. So they were always have that next man up mentality, right? If you look at the roster right now, Bembry wants to prove something. Utah wants to prove something. Paul Watson is literally just waiting for his chance. You give him a chance, what happens? He drops 30 points. Just hits open threes like fucking Clay Thompson. Um, who else? Like, who else is on the roster that wants to chance? Oh, Ken Birch, bro. Like, wasn't he undrafted? I think Ken Birch were undrafted. I'm not uh, too sure. I'm not I too think sure. so, yeah. Yeah, like, bro, being hella slept on, being a Canadian player, now he came back home. I think he's one of the first players willingly to come back home. Because yeah. did we trade for Kojo or did we sign him? I think Corey Kojo signed him, right? Yeah, I think we signed him in free agency. Yeah, like, I, I think so, yeah. But Cam Birch, he was vocal about the fact that he wants to go home and play in Toronto. And that's yeah. like the first for a Canadian basketball player to come back home. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, these guys have so Pioneer. much to like, yeah, keep those guys. Gillespie, too. Second 10-day contract. I'm sure he wants a big contract, too. Comes from a great family, a mom that's involved in the community, too. And if you build a bench around guys that have high potential, like high ceiling, that also want to improve and really want to give back to this organization, build a bench around that. Or else you'll have, like, a Clipper situation where some guys will be barking on the bench, being like, why don't I get to play? And then next yeah. season, we'll go play for the rivals next door. Yeah, yeah I mean, a lot, of these it, guys, it, it, a lot of these guys like Paul Watson and stuff like that, I mean, they only really, I mean, it's nice to say we could build a bench around them, but they've only really shown to really step up when, you know, other core guys are hurt. I mean, when they're like starting and when they go back to the bench, they're not really putting up the numbers that you need from them. So, I mean, it's kind of tough to, um, sometimes to see like who is really going to give you those numbers off the bench. I mean, like Norman Powell, I mean, played like an all-star starting and then you go back to the bench and you're like you know where is this guy mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of the tough part about it yeah, so man, adding bro. on to that my buddy Eli. so adding on no. to that it's like so i'm bringing this back to the tanking part right so do you guys think that letting these guys that are on the bench right now don't really get a lot of play time letting them play like 25 to 30 minutes towards the end of the season now do you think that contributes a lot to their development like what how does that where does that go yeah, I think it's a win-win for both sides. It's a win-win for the team because, like, I mean, we obviously know OG's going to be here next year. Pascal, uh, Fred, we, like, we know what we're getting with those guys. You know that, like, bro, we're not moving on from these guys. Like, we know what we're going to get with them. OG, we can see that there was some growth in his game, like, a really big jump in his offensive game. That's going to probably continue to even go at a, at a sort of upward trajectory. Same with Siakam, same with Van Vliet. Like, you know what you're getting with these guys. And you know, at the same time, we're not doing anything this season. So, bro, and like these guys, all, all three of these guys had COVID and injuries. Fuck it. Just, just rest them. There's no point in pushing, running these guys into the ground. Why not instead of doing that? We have a bunch of guys that are on non-guaranteed expiring deals, two ways, whatever. And we're at a crossroads where it's like, we don't want all these guys back. Who do we want back? What's a good way to figure out who do we want back? Bro, give these guys big minutes. Let these guys play. See who can like actually take advantage of a good opportunity with this organization to prove that we want them back. And like, that's to me is like, that's good for the organization because then it gives them an idea. Who do we want to bring? Okay. We want him and him. Okay. He's not really doing much. All right. Fuck it. Like we're going to move on from him. And for the players too, 
I feel like it's even better for the players because it's like you could ball out. You could do good or whatever. And yeah, you guarantee yourself a contract with the Raptors. But I mean, we even look at Alize Johnson. Alize Johnson was hooping, but we, we didn't get up. him a contract. Yeah, we, we, we didn't get him a contract. Gary, uh, Gary Payton the second hooping. He didn't get a contract with us, but they got contracts elsewhere. So like, you're just opening up opportunities for yourself. Like, you know, um, a man can hoop, can ball out, do well, but maybe he just doesn't fit what we need. But like, there could be another team that sees that and be like, "Yo, who the fuck is this guy that was just on the Raptors? This guy's on like a non-guaranteed. He's on a two-way, bro. And it's gonna expire. Yo, we better keep an eye out on him. Oh, they're not picking him up. Let's grab him. It, it's a win-win because like, I feel like these players get a chance to show their skill set. They get to show that like they can have that next up man, like man, like next man up mentality, and we get to see who impresses us. Who do we want to bring back? So I just feel like, yeah, like we know what we're getting with OG. We know what we're getting with Van Vliet. We know what we're getting with Pascal. And to an extent, it's like, fuck, we know what we're, like, like we're starting to see what, we're, what we can get with Malachi, with Frank Gillespie. We're starting to see what we can get with Yuta, with uh, Paul Watson. Now it's going to give us a better idea. Okay, so like, what's the next move for next season? Like, okay, well, maybe with Paul Watson for next year, we'll, we'll retain him. We'll give him this role. Yuta, we'll give him this role. Okay, Hood, uh, we don't really need him. We're gonna move on. It, 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 it's a win-win to me. It's a win-win. So I feel yeah. like that's a, that's the reason why we're like, yeah, like we're not dealing tank. with question marks, right, on what they yeah. can be or what they give you. I mean, it, you talked about fit, right? Like if you look at Gillespie, bro, Memphis have their big mans. Like Jonas yeah. is having a career season. They <laughs> also have Jaron Jackson. They also have um, Brandon Clark, right? Oh, that's another and to, Canadian. And to a, I want. And, yeah, and to a lesser extent, they have Kyle Anderson too, who can play the three exactly. Four. So yeah. they don't need him, but, you know, Masai, Bobby saw something that they like in him. Yo, bring this man up, you know, because he was, he, was really, he was doing really good in the G League bubble with uh, Memphis Hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, bro, he's putting up 10 points, 10 boards, and two blocks a game on, like, great efficiency. So it's like, what's there not to like with that? Yeah, so question for you guys. Um, so, like, obviously to give these guys playtime, we need to make – well, not we need to make sure, but they get playtime when our starters are sitting out for injury or COVID-related protocols, whatever. So, these fines that we're getting, the recent one that we got for, well, is it allegedly or were we actually like um, break, caught breaking the rule? Did you I guys mean, read up on it? Yeah, we, it, we didn't get fined for resting, guys. We got fined because basically we said it was rest, but it wasn't rest. Right. So, I'm like, bro, what fucking, Loki, what fucking difference does it make? Yeah, it makes the no man, sense. The, yeah, the man's sitting no matter what. Like, why do you care if we say it's rest versus an injury? Like, I don't understand. Like, again, maybe I'm not, I'm definitely maybe not too familiar with the CBA and like the agreements and like the rules in place. But like, whether or not the Raptors say that Lowry's out for, like, oh, he just needs some rest or he has an injured collarbone, I don't really get why does this matter? Because two things, like, he's out either way and it's the Raptors that are dealing with it. Not the league. It's not like the league is rehabbing him and the league is like prioritizing his. We are as a team. So, like, I, I don't understand. Like, to me, it just seems like typical bullshit. Like, league just making exceptions for other teams and coming out for us. Like, what else is new? And I yeah. really don't, I really don't think it's a coincidence that Fred made those comments about it being a very unpure season and the league prioritizing the business aspect of things over the players' health. And then suddenly we get a fine. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, big shocker there. Like, right. What you think, like it's almost like they just pick and choose like who they're gonna throw a fine at. I mean, like like Eli tweeted I think earlier about Al Horford, man. Like they literally said, yeah, we're sitting Al Horford down the rest of the year because we don't want to play him and we're waiting for him to get a trade option. Like, and Drummond too. Yeah, and Drummond like 
Yeah, no like, one even gives a shit. Like, how is that even fair? Yeah, like, and, and it's it's not even like OKC said, "Oh, he's hurt. He's this. He's that." It literally is. We want to prioritize our development of our young guys, and we're trying to find routes to get him to a situation that better suits him. So all I hear is that, okay, so you just want to tank, and this guy's helping you in too much. You don't want to play him. And let's face it, that's what was happening. This team was expected to be a bottom feeder, and they were actually exceeding expectations again. They weren't. It wasn't like last year's level of, of expectations exceeding them, but it was. I mean, I think everyone thought that these were going to be like a bottom-tier team. And like low-key, they were still up in the playoff hunt for a bit there because they had George Hill. They had Al Horford playing great basketball. You had Shea obviously doing his thing. Dort made a jump. And they're probably thinking, oh, fuck me. This is what we wanted. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't want this. this is, we just blew up this whole team to avoid this. Now we're doing it again? Oh, fuck, we can't have that. Move George Hill, and they tried to move Al Horford, and they can't. So they basically just said, you know, bro, bro, you can just, you can just chill at home. And, and it's take, like take a few months out. Yeah, and and they didn't even try and we're it's a, yeah basically we're focusing on developing and we're trying to find a route for him. And I'm like, so they just basically said in the nicest way we want to tank, and nothing has happened to that team. But you know, Lowry has a toe infection. OG has the swelling on his knee. Pascal has um has his injuries, and all three of them or you know those two are coming back from COVID, and. They're playing like eight games in eleven days, but we catch a fine because of resting. Like, bro. Yeah, it was like, us and the Spurs. I think they got fined. Yeah, like, the two teams that are known for like you know being a winning franchise. Adam Silver's like, nah, man, you're not supposed to lose. What the hell are you doing? Like, play your guys. Yeah, and it's like, bro. Like at the same time, it's like it, it's bullshit because it's like, yo, I, I I remember someone on the on my time I said it that they applaud the Raptors and the rap the Spurs. For prioritizing player health over fucking games, like bro, like like I don't give a shit about winning some game against fucking San Antonio or Indiana if it means now OG has like some like you know calf injury or like a knee injury and he's out for like God knows how long and has to go through like a procedure to get through and rehab. Like I don't want that. Why? Why? What do I get from that? Because. My man's going to be hurt. He's already had torn an ACL before. So when I heard knee swung, bro, rest him. Like, it's not worth it. And it just kills me that, like, Adam Silver, you're forcing these guys to play in a super condensed schedule. I understand the players and the coaches and the teams all agreed to this. But, like, at the end of the day, like, we've been, like they've been put in a position where you're forcing guys to play, like, 10 games in, like, 13 days. You know, 8 games in 11 days. And we're seeing a huge, like, uptick in injuries, serious injuries, and, like, relatively, like, you know, more common, but serious ones. And then you go and find teams for wanting to sit their guys who are, like, basically gassed. Like, the fuck is this, bro? Like, this is, this, that's a joke. Like, you Yo, really, yeah. Shout out to Isaiah Thomas for sacrificing his career for this, bro. Like, and that's my point. Like, if he, if he just sat out, he would have got his Brinks truck, bro. The fact that, like, that's what I'm saying. His sister died. He still played on that day, you know, mad respects. I think they won that game too. And then he had an injury and he kept playing through the injury. Just yeah. for aims to be like, all right, I'm going to trade you for a two-year Kyrie Irving rental. Yeah, Boston did my what, man dirty though. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, bro, that's why I actually rate both the organizations for saying, fuck this, bro. Like, like this isn't worth it. This season is not worth it. It's not. Like, I'm not saying this is a fraudulent season. It's Because, like, you know, some men are going to always try and write off, like, the Raptors ring. I'm not going to go and write off someone else's ring, especially the Lakers ring. Like, I don't write off anyone's ring. I keep it consistent. But at the same time, given the circumstances of this season with COVID, with the schedule being condensed, like, 72 games in five, four, four or five months, like, nah, well, for what? 
For what? Especially as the Raptors. For what? To <laughs> play in front of a bunch of people that don't cheer for you, to get booed while you're at your, you know, quote-unquote home arena, to get bounced in the first round by a super team or Philly? Like, what's the point? I would rather these guys just rest up and, like, get an extended summer. Come back healthy. And- Exactly, because you know what? The way I look at it is that we had a short summer last year. You know, like our season finished in what, September? Like it, it was Somewhere beginning of September. There. Yeah, the season fi- be- uh, finished in the beginning of September. Like, if I remember correctly, it was like September 3rd, 4th was that game seven. And then they're back playing in the beginning of, of like, like mid December. And what? Like, when, when have we ever seen a sh- an off season that short? Never. So it's like, you know what? It only seems fair to me. You know what? We had a shortened off season last season where run to the ground basically cut it short let these men get like four or five months off and just recoup and re in like regroup and just rest and just work on things mentally and physically because like we're all talking about the physical aspect of how the wear and tear on your body how about the mental and like fred's mentioned this and other guys have mentioned this like the mental strain that this has probably had on everyone this season but especially the raptors like i don't even want to know what those guys are probably going through sometimes like, I can only imagine how hard it is. Like, you're away from your family. You're away from your friends. Can't see anybody else. You can't see anybody else. You're not even there in your home arena to have your fans cheer for you. Like, I know no team really has fans, but, like, some of them have some, you know, like, you know, L.A. has fans that are there. New York has fans that are there. Other teams have fans that can come in. Yeah, it's, like, a percentage, but it's still their fans. Raptors don't have their fans. We have, like, every home game, the minority is Raptors fans. And then there's whatever team is in town, especially the big teams like Boston, Golden State, uh, the Lakers, like they're the ones getting, it's their home crowd. So like mentally yeah. that's going to that's gonna wear you down. And especially for Pascal, who's been getting shot on all season, like show me someone that puts up 40, 21, seven and five on like 46% shooting and playing great defense, getting shot on like this. Like I because he does a spin move. Yeah, and, and, that's the, and that's the thing. Like, I, like, at the end of the day, like, they're millionaires. They, they're living good and everything, and they always have that to fall back on. But, like, bro, like, that's going to that have a toll on you, you know, seeing that shit and, like, seeing men just disrespect you. And it's like, you know, it's tough. So it's like, why? Who gives a fuck about this season anymore? Who cares? Who actually gives a fuck? If we make the playoffs, the fans can't even enjoy it, like, how we should be able to enjoy We're it. We're going to get heart attacks, anxiety, like... Just yeah. fucking being paranoid all game, sitting there watching our team get mopped up. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, and it's like, bro. Either way, you're gonna have opposing team fans cheering you the whole time. Like you're gonna like if we face Philly, we go to you know first two games to Philly, and then we come back to Florida just for probably Philly fans to come on down to Florida and then cheer for them there. So it's like, bro, like how is this? How is this beneficial? What what exactly does anyone gain from this? The only thing you can say is that. For really, for me, is like Malachi gets his like his like playoff experience, but it's like, bro, like this isn't even a real a real playoff experience. Like this isn't the real thing. Washed is not experienced, and it's not even. And it's, it's yeah, it's not even just four games getting washed. It's four games getting washed, and you don't even have your crowd for anything. You're getting yeah, booed exactly. the whole time. Yeah, like Malachi doesn't even know what it's like to play for Toronto to an extent. They don't know what it's like. You know, Gary Trent. Jalen Harris, these guys don't know what it's like to actually hoop for Toronto. They've played for the Raptors, but like playing in Toronto for the fans, they don't understand. And like, it, I, I feel bad. And it's like, for them now, for their first playoff experience to be this, nah, man, like, like what are they really going to gain? Now, yeah, they can say that they went to the playoffs. 
Is Malachi even going to get a lot of minutes in the playoffs? You know how Nick Nurse is when it comes to playoff minutes. He, he runs a tight man rotation. He runs a super tight seven, rotation. Eight. Yeah, 7-8. Seven, seven, eight. Eight. Yeah. And, like, Malachi may be that 8th, 7th, 8th man, but he probably won't get crazy minutes unless, like, again, injuries or some shit like that. But, like, realistically, you know that, like, Nurse is going to run our starters into the ground. He's probably going to play Siakam at the 5 because, like, is Freddie Gillespie or, or Ken Birch. Like, Ken Birch will probably play the 5. But, like, th- this is what I mean. Like, this roster isn't set up for playoff basketball. The circumstances aren't on our side. What What is there to really... Even what- the, like, the moves that we made during the um, trade deadline and who we got from the buyout market, like, it's it's not equipped to be a playoff team, right? No, this is... Definitely this, not. Yeah, it, it's just moves to see, like, what, what's up for next season. Like, oh, Ken Bridge, you know, let's pick him up and let's see. Like, you know, let's see what he can do. And it's like, okay, you play good, we'll resign him. If he stinks it up, okay, we probably won't resign him. But like, I think we are going to resign him. And in three, four games with us, he's already done more than Baines has done in fifty. So like, I'm cool. I'm straight. I'm good. That's with a play. shame. All right. So I know this is our second episode, but we wanted to introduce a new segment to you guys. Uh, it is called the Hall of Shame. And every episode, we'll be inducting one or two people, maybe sometimes ten. Who knows? If we see something that deserves to be in the Hall of Shame, you cool. will get inducted. Um, I'm gonna let Josh start because I because like you know he's active in the community. Uh, same with Eli, but I, I want to give it to Josh first. Josh, who are we inducting into the Hall of Shame today? Did you guys induct anyone last week? No, nope. this is you, our first you, one. You, this, you get the honorary oh. rights as the first person. The inauguration. Well, it's my pleasure to induct the freak burner into the Hall of Shame, or I think that's his name. Maybe it's Giannis Burner or whatever. I swear to God, man, this guy tweets about the Raptors every single day like it's his job. I mean, I, don't, I can understand that the Raptors, you know, beat the piss out of Milwaukee last or two seasons ago and the season before that. I mean, we were beating them with DeMar. I mean, like, even DeMar known as a playoff joke, we were still smacking Milwaukee around. So I can understand uh, where he's coming from, but, man, it's just Twitter, man, like, you don't got to take everything so serious. And this guy comes at, he DM'd me one time. He was like, because I like quoted his thing and just clowned him completely. Bro, you pissed on him. I remember seeing that. Yeah, man. And then he tweeted at me. He was like, man, like you need, need to learn how to take a joke. And I was like, dude, my tweet was a joke. <laughs> You're the one that came out, got right sookie about it. It's like people will tweet all they want about like whatever. And then they expect not to get called on it. Like, man, like, what are you doing? <laughs> Eli, go for it, bro. I, I, you know what? I, I was gonna induct that guy too because I don't follow that guy, but I probably see him on my timeline at least like three times a week talking about the Raptors. And it's like, you know what? To a certain extent, it's like you know, you know, Raptors fans obviously entertain the bullshit, and I feel like that is, and like I'm guilty of it too to an extent. But like Josh said, it's like, bro, it's like you think that like. You think he's a Raptors fan? The amount of times this guy tweets about us, I've seen that guy tweet about us so much. And like the stupid part is, every time Raptors fans like respond to him, he's like, "Oh, Bozo's responding to me. Weep, weep." Yeah, and they took like, the bait, lol. Bait, and it's like, bro. <laughs> the thing is, like, I know you're actually serious. Like, you you actually think like all the things you're saying. And like, I can't look. You know what? If the Celtics fans want to slander the Raptors. And like other like, good teams, that's fine. Bucks fans, we we've literally beat you two times in the playoffs in the last four years that we've met, and we sweep you this season with this garbage ass roster. 
Like two in, in a row, twice in a row, back to back. We beat you four yeah. times. We beat we we did a, a super gentleman sweep on you two years ago. We beat you before that. You have never really beaten us like that. So like when they talk when they talk bare mess about us, talking about like, oh, you guys are trash, you're this, you're that. It's like fam, like uh, it's some self awareness, please. Some self awareness, like. At the end of the day, I don't care if we're like an 11th seed and they're a third seed. I don't care, bro. You got, we showed the world. You men's are frauds. You men's are frauds. Raptors showed the world. You men stink, Loki. You're not a real. You're not a real playoff team. You're not a real contender. And like Nick Nurse exposed it, how to shut down Giannis, because now everyone does it. Everyone throws the wall at him. Miami did it. We did it first. Other teams do it. Like, and like. Not only that, though, but like, you know, Chris Middleton's an absolute dog when he faces other teams. He places, he faces us. He's a deer in the headlights. That guy actually has a thousand yard stare. He gets like, I swear, it's 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 PTSD. That guy is traumatized from us because every time that man plays against us, I'm convinced he forgets how to dribble a ball. That guy, I, you force him left. You force Chris Middleton left. You beat. You you have figured out Chris Middleton. Get that guy True. to do a dribble. Get that guy to do a dribble move. You have you have defeated Chris Middleton. And that's <laughs> jokes. Point. It's jokes because like you guys inducted that guy into the Hall of Shame. I didn't have anyone in mind, so I was gonna try to piggyback off of you guys. But right before we started filming this podcast, I was just on Twitter, randomly seeing him on my timeline. I don't even follow this guy because I think he said some shit, and Raptors fans started like quote, quote, uh, tweeting him. He said something on the lines of, "When was the last time you cried watching a Bucks game?" And I was going to quote tweet it and be like, oh, did you cry when the Raptors uh, swept, reverse swept you guys in the playoffs? You know, I didn't you need bombed. To. I didn't need to because I went to the uh, responses, like the replies. Bro, he said it himself. He's like, the Raptors, like, smashing them in the 2019 ECF was yeah. one of the three moments where he bawled his eyes out. And I was like, you know what? I can respect I'm gonna let you that. Hold on. I respect it because, he, see, again, it goes back to my point. Self-awareness. He's aware. <laughs> he... How are you going to trash the team that has owned you in the playoffs the last few years and still, it, it, like, like, bro, I'm actually, like, see, Brooklyn, I wouldn't want to face them. Philly wouldn't want to face them. If you told me we matched up with the Bucks in the playoffs, I, and if we made it, I actually, I'm not saying we'd We'll take that one. That'll probably the only matchup we'll take, yeah. I'll take that one. I'll take them before Miami. I'll take that. Because Even Atlanta. The, I'll because take the, over Atlanta too. Okay, no, no, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta's baby food. Yeah, but like, I think them, we could take. But I'll Atlanta. take them. But like Bucks to me, put no fear in my heart. Like when I look at that team, no fear in my heart. See, Drew Holiday is a good pickup, but to me, Drew Holiday is just an upgrade at a position that is not the one you need to prioritize. Like you need an actual closer. You need a shot. You need a guy like Beal on that team. You need a bucket getter where like Giannis can work off of. Like him, if like they need a quick two, like even a Lou Williams, man. Yeah, like a two, like not Lou himself, but someone like that. Just someone, like a, lo- someone that like can a give pure that score. Like, bro, get the fuck out of here with Dante Divincenzo. Like, you're doing nothing with that guy. That guy's your third best defender, or not, not anymore now, Drew Holiday. But like, bro, like, what are you? What are you saying? <laughs> like, you're not saying anything. You're not, you're not putting fear in my heart. Like, Drew Drew Holiday is a great player. It's an upgrade on Bledsoe, but that's literally it. it's just an upgrade on Bledsoe. It doesn't. It's not an upgrade on Bledsoe, and it resolves the shot creator thing too. It's like nah, bro. Like, and like at the end of the day, buttonholes there, fucking stinks. <laughs> that guy stinks. Boo! That guy garbage. That that guy is never coaching a contending team after this team. I promise you that. Like that guy, I I. I 
I'm, I'm convinced he must be clinically insane. Have you seen his resume? What, his resume having, is winning having, 60 games in the 2015 season, 2014-2015 season, having five guys, I mean, not five guys, four guys out of the five starters make the all-star team. The only guy that didn't make it was Damari Carroll. Shame to us, we signed him. But just for him to get swept by LeBron on his first season back with Cleveland, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and imagine getting swept by LeBron. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, man. hey man, we have a ring. What what are they gonna that's show true. for? <laughs> and like that's my point, bro. Like this guy is washed. Like, like when I watch Giannis, like this is a guy that should be playing the five, and he should be like operating, even as a playmaker in the post. And like you have this man at the top of the key, like he is a sniper. This guy can't shoot. Like I'm sorry, he can't shoot. And you're moving him like you're playing him as if he's a point guard, and like it's just like, bro, like what do you? And they like, also he, don't they, know how to build a team around Giannis, man. The front no, office really doesn't understand man. his talent. No, and that's my point, like, bro, like it's a good regular season team because it's basically Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew, and a bunch of three and D guys. But like, bro, that you're not winning a chip like that, especially the way you play Giannis. Like you're running Giannis as like a three four, but like you're running him at the top of the key. Like, it's like, fam, he can't shoot, so like you're not doing anything with this. Like, you, what, are you, what are you saying? And so, like, that's my point. That's my point. Man. So well, I'm pretty sure we're all um, unanimous on this that we're inducting uh, Giannis Freak Burner. Is that what his username is? I, I, you know what? Let me look. Let me, it, Something it along that lines of that. I it, think it's Giannis Burner. Honestly, it, it is Giannis Thirty Four Season. That's that. I'm dead. Honorary. It must change all the time or something. I'm telling you, know you right that? now. I'm gonna clip this. I'm gonna tag him on this, and the first thing he's gonna do, rent free. <laughs> I know he will. He, he's to move on, to move on from this topic, I know the game just started and we want to watch the game too. Uh, to move on from this topic, the last thing I want to discuss with you guys: Why do we really hate the Baines fan club Twitter page? I want to know, Josh, what you think, Eli, what you think, Eli? I know you're gonna go in on this man, but let's not let's try to not homicide anybody today. So I'll try. Uh, <laughs> go first, Josh. All right, look, man, the Baines fan club. You know, it was all right for a while. Like, I try not to associate it with the actual player because I know it's just a, a fan club, an account, whatever. But man, as Baines just kept on playing like shit and this guy kept on posting, you know, two boards, two points, another double-double for Baines. Like, man, give it up. Like, we don't want to see that. Our team's losing. We're not in a very good mood because of it. And this guy doesn't care. He's just posting Baines' garbage stat line for a little moral victory. Like, man. And then... <laughs> And then lately, man, this guy... Actually, I'll, I'll save that. You go first, Eli. Bro, like, here's my thing. Prior to him being on the Raptors, I, I still didn't follow the Baines fan account. I thought it was like, okay, it's kind of funny. You know, it's, it's all right. It's not bad. It's kind of funny. And, like, whatever. And especially last season, because, like, he was playing pretty decent. And, like, yeah, it was like, oh, look at that. It's, it's like, this guy kind of looked like he was, like, you know, big brain. Kind of, like, look at him standing a shitter. And then the shitter became good. And then it's like, you know, he comes to the Raptors. I'm actually excited. I'm thinking, like, Baines is going to be good. Oh, look at that. Baines Fan Club now is associated with us. That's kind of jokes. And then it's like, oh, Baines fucking sucks. I was like, wow, Baines is garbage. And then this guy is, is just tweeting nonsense. Like, absolute fucking nonsense. Trying to make it seem like Baines is a sicker man. And you know what? I get, to an extent, it's a sarcastic thing. Kind of parody joke account. But, like... It's kind of going back to what Josh said. It's like, fam, read the room. Like, we yeah. just went from a, we like this team fucking sucks. 
and like a big reason why we suck is because of this guy and you are amping him up and like you're talking about baniacs and like fucking screen setter you know galore this and that it's like fam shut the fuck up like this guy is 6'11 and is finishing like 43% at the rim. Like I, I, I'm watching this guy miss absolute sitters. Like, bro, he missed an empty, like an open dunk. He missed it. I st- that, that game was like 20 games ago. I still remember it. And this guy talks about it. And it's like, and I think another reason why I just don't rate that guy, whoever runs that account, is that like, I'm pretty sure he's a Celtics fan anyway. So like low key, he's probably fucking loving this. Because I'm pretty oh, sure, this, like, I, I'm pretty sure this account started when he was on the Celtics. So it's like I can't see like an Indianapolis Pacers fan deciding, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start a, I'm gonna start an Aaron Baines account, you know. But like, it's just like, bro, it, it's just shit content. Like it just fucking sucks. And like the player sucks, the account sucks. And I and like now with like his like mental breakdown he's having on the timeline. Yeah, God complex. Yeah, bro, yeah, it's like this weird ass God complex talking about like you guys are and like it's like he's talking about Raptors fans are begging like your team to get you to follow you and like they follow and like this is what happens when men's talk about me. They followed me right away. It's like fam, I I don't give a fuck. See, like bro, the thing like, is like he, and, sorry, one more thing and like yeah, I go for it. He's ripping on men's that like you're ripping on people asking for a follow from their team. Like, bro, most these most of the men that do that are probably like 14. Like, you're yeah. you're essentially ripping on children that just want their team to follow them. Because like I know myself, I've never asked the rappers for, I've never tweeted the rappers to follow me. And it's like, bro, you're probably ripping on like high school kids. And like I'm pretty sure you're definitely not a high school kid. So like, congrats, you really you really showed those like 14 year olds like who's boss. And it's like, fam, like. You're, you're like tweeting nonsense and there's even been times where he's like kind of he he takes shots at pascal there was that one time where he like, he tweeted something yeah. about pascal and like i'm like fam like this is what i'm saying like you, like you're talking about how rappers fans this rappers fans that but you you tweet just bullshit when like we're getting smoked and like you're like this aaron baines is the reason why or the major reason why we're getting smoked and you're talking about like wow look at look at him go with that screen uh fam i i mean like Shut the fuck up, please. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, I don't want to see your bullshit on my timeline anymore. And, like, that's so, what annoys me. Like, so, I, for I, those I, that are listening to this right now, obviously you're hearing the audio, but we're actually on a video call. If you could only see Eli's expression throughout all this, this man gets so triggered, like, someone kicked his dog. Um, like, <laughs> see, my opinion on the Bates fan club is a little bit different because I come from like, a content creator background. So, when I see this account, turn garbage into like tolerable garbage (laughs) you know what i mean like just finding nothing and creating some sort of content out of it i think it's pretty interesting even like you know bringing up certain stats that we wouldn't even think of looking into and then this account pulls it up out of out of its ass and it's like presenting it on the timeline and yo it does have a lot of followers i mean they're losing a lot of followers now like i think the last week they lost like about a 1500 or so Um, because of this stupid rant he's been going on lately man it just makes no sense like, it's, it's making the environment a little toxic. I don't hate the fan page. I still follow it. I shout them out sometimes because sometimes some of the things that happen, I find it fucking hilarious. Obviously, you guys have a different opinion, and obviously, you're entitled to your own opinion. You're uh, better my- than me. That's all I'm going to say. But question to you guys, though. I will release this as a clip, and I will tag Bane's fan club. And if I am to get him on a podcast with all of us, are you guys down to have a civil conversation? Yep. 1,000%. Civil conversation, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I, 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 I will try my best. I, 
we'll make sure you are on your best behavior. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna, I, I can't promise anything, but I'll try. I can promise <laughs> you that. I, I can promise you I'll try my best. Don't worry, Bates Fan Club. If Eli says anything, I will make sure to mediate. Um, we will have a civil conversation. We want to speak to you. I want to know the genius behind this. I know the other two don't claim you as a genius, but I think you're a genius. Um, so yeah, we would love to speak to you. So hope this is an invite. Hit us up in the DMs. Uh, by this time, I probably already sent you a DM. So hit us up. We'd love to have you on this pod. Talk about some shit. And the future of uh, Aaron Baines. We want to know if he's going to be uh, the Shaquille O'Neal of the CBA next year or something like that. So we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Josh, for finally coming on to our second episode. I know it's your first, but it was a pleasure having you. Eli, thank you again for coming back. It is now, I believe, the start of second quarter. So we're super excited to go watch our team. Uh, and see how they do against OKC. Not really sure what the score is. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, boys. Before we go, just want to give a big shout-out to them again. You can follow them on Twitter. Uh, Josh, sh- uh, shout yourself out, bro. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, at PascalMV. I also want to say thanks for having me on, man. It was really fun. And I hope we can do this again soon. You will, we will. We'll definitely do it again. And Eli, plug yourself again, bro. Every pod, you got to plug yourself in. Yeah, man. So if you guys want to hear more garbage takes for myself, uh, OG, the clamp God, if you want to follow me for just really aggressive basketball takes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've been on, I've been part of the community from the beginning of the season. Uh, before that, I really didn't know anybody, but these are the two people that I communicate the most with on the Raptors Twitter. They're great to follow. You'll get caught up on a lot of the stuff that happens uh, with the team or just the community uh, itself. Yeah, hit them up. They're friendly people. Talk to them. They're always down to have a conversation, whether it's about basketball or anything else. Um, But yeah, thank you again for joining. My name is Namir Alam. Well, that's what I go by on this podcast. Uh, You can follow me at Namir Alam on Twitter. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us. Peace out.